I think it would be really appropriate as Pastor Shannon comes to speak to us on this Mother's Day if we actually not only welcomed her but thanked her for her leadership and her service in the children's ministry of this church. Can we do that together? Let's do that. Pastor Shannon, you're on. Well, good morning. Woo! It is a full house in here, I can see. Awesome. Well, as Pastor Bill mentioned, my name's Shannon. So good to see you. Uh, happy Mother's Day, first and foremost, to all the ladies in the house here. Now, I am a mom, and I always told myself before, or one, one day when I would become a mom, I wouldn't be one of those people that insists on showing 50 pictures of their children to people who maybe don't want to see them, but I figured, you're here, you're not going anywhere for about, I don't know, half an hour or so, you know, show you a couple of pictures, it's all good. It's only three. Bear with me. So that's my daughter at the top. Her name's Eliana Ruth. And yes, we gave my, our daughter two names. I know. What can I say? Just doubly sweet, so two, two names, I guess. Uh, but she's going to be two next week, believe it or not. And my husband and I are pinching ourselves that we can't quite believe two years has just flown by. And uh, my husband, Cosimo, um, not to be confused with Cosimo, like on Seinfeld or anything, but uh, <laughs> if he's here, he's probably cringing in his chair right now. <laughs> but... Um, that's my husband, and I was going to say maybe you've seen him around, but more appropriately, maybe I should say you've maybe heard him around because he, he sings and uh, has a beautiful voice and leads worship from time to time here. So if you see them, give him a couple of high fives and pats on the back because I'll be honest, it ain't easy being married to me, so this guy's gold, let me tell you. He's gold. So give him a high five when you see him. Anyway, how many people here know that moms come in all kinds and all varieties, right? Moms look different and they just come in different varieties. We have biological moms, adopted moms, stepmoms, spiritual moms, mentors, and the list goes on and on and on and on. So this morning, before I jump into my message, I just wanted to take a moment to really acknowledge all the different kinds of mothers and mothering that goes on on a daily basis in this world. Um, you know, there's some who are going to give birth to their first child soon. I see a lot of round bellies, especially in the, uh, in the church here. So I'm looking forward to dedicating those little ones in a couple of months. But we celebrate with you if that's the case. However, on the flip side of that, there's maybe some of you here this morning who you yourself or someone you know has lost a child in the last year. And so we're mindful of that this morning. Um, we think of those who are in the trenches with little ones every day and who wear the, the food stains on their clothing and, and all that, and they have the badges of, of working with little ones, and so we, we think of you guys. Um, we think of those who walk the hard path of infertility. You'd like to be a mom. You've been praying and hoping to be a mom for the longest time, but your journey so far has been fraught with tears and disappointment. And so I want to let you know if that's you this morning, we care about you and we're mindful we may not always say the right things, but we mean well, and we are there to journey with you. You know, there's foster moms, mentor moms, spiritual moms, and we're better off because of you. There's moms maybe who have, uh, who are, have warm, close relationships with their children, and if that's the case, we celebrate with you because that's such a gift. But then on the flip side as well, there's some who maybe have disappointments and heartache because there's distance between you and your children. And so we keep you in our prayers this morning and know that we are there for you. There's even some this morning who maybe you've lost your mom in the last year, and this is your first Mother's Day going through Mother's Day without her. So we, we want to remember and we want to honor all mothers of all varieties because Mother's Day is a very joyous day, but it can also sometimes be a hard day, a 
difficult day. So one thing we do all have in common here, though, whether we're male or female, we're moms, we're not moms, the fact that we all have or we've all had a... Okay, if you got that one wrong, I'd be worried, but <laughs> good. Um, there's a woman named Dee Dee Myers. Many of you maybe have never heard of her, but she is the former press secretary to former U.S. President Bill Clinton. And she had this to say about motherhood. Motherhood is just as valuable leadership training as working at Goldman Sachs. Now, if anybody knows Goldman Sachs, they're one of the most prestigious, prestigious and lucrative banking investment firms, if not in North America, then in the world. So imagine comparing motherhood, the mundaneness and the, the difficulties of everyday motherhood, and comparing that to working at this kind of a company. But it's true, moms, we're leaders. Regardless of what kind of mom you are, what it looks like, we're leaders in our homes, with our families, and with those that we take care of. Typically, we carry the weight of those that we love on our shoulders. We try to control outcomes. Anybody ever hear of a helicopter mom? You know, the moms that are like, and they just like, watch out and don't do this. And I'm guilty of that big time. I drive my husband nuts with that. So, but, you know, we try to control outcomes and we can't, right? We're human. We try to make those uh, that we love happy and sometimes at great personal cost to ourselves. You know, dads try to have influence over their children, but moms, we strive to have input into the lives of our children. So really, it's no easy task and no small task. So what I'd like to pick your brain about right now is this question. When was the last time you stopped long enough to think about how your mom is feeling and what she's going through? You know, as much as we respect and we venerate our moms and we love them to pieces, they're not super moms. They're not invincible superheroes, even though they deserve every last bit of our adoration and respect. They have struggles, real struggles, and pressures on their heads every single waking day of every moment of every day. You know, moms have a lot of unseen enemies, if you will. Uh, secret doubts, unrealistic societal and personal expectations of their mothering, um, fear for how their children will turn out or what they're going through in the present. So bottom line, being a mom is, is difficult because we carry a lot of burdens that many people don't think about or see. There's a writer, and her name is Willow Yamauchi. She had this to say about the struggle that moms face. The fear of admitting that mothers are not only not perfect, but are not coping well, is a little-known secret in the private lives of many mothers. Women would be better off if they were truthful about how messy the role of mothering actually is, instead of trying to cover it up. So my hope for my message this morning is that it will open up a dialogue amongst not just the moms here in this room, but really any mom that you come in contact with. So men, the, the mothers and wives and women that you know, and ladies, the other moms that you know. I'm hoping that this will open your eyes to the areas where a lot of moms struggle. And maybe you've already been aware of these struggles, but let's try and do something about them starting today. And most importantly, we want to know what God's word has to say about facing these struggles. Now, just before I dive in, I also want to make mention of the fact I'm a new mom. Like I mentioned, my daughter's two. I've only been at this two years, so I'm not exactly a heavyweight in the world of mothering. In fact, I feel like this big on the, on the continuum of motherhood. 
but I really feel very strongly that if God has given me this platform and opportunity to share, it's because I know there's got to be something in my experience and in what he's shown me in his word that's going to transform and touch a lot of lives today. Whether you're in this room right now or whether you're listening to the recording online later or however that takes place. So let us not write off this morning's message as being a stereotypical Mother's Day message, gentlemen, okay? But know that there is something for everybody here. So we live in the 21st century, right? I haven't misread the calendar. Oh, I have maybe? I don't know. Okay, so we're in the 21st century. There are so many demands that are vying for our attention. And I think that's true whether you're a man or a woman, a father or a mother. Uh, as we say in French, peu importe. Okay, it doesn't matter. There's a lot that's pulling at us. Um, especially as moms, though, we wear a lot of hats. We face a lot of pressures. And some would say even more so than the mothers and, and grandmothers that came before us. Um, now, just some of these demands and needs. I mean, I'm sure I'm not telling any of you ladies anything new. But we have the basic care needs of our family, like laundry, feeding, cleaning, grocery shopping, and on and on. If we're married, it's, you know, we have to take care of our marriage and nurturing and growing uh, our marriage and with our spouse. We have to raise our children. And if we so choose to work or have careers and all the demands that go with that, we have to think of it. And then somewhere in the middle of all that, ladies, I've heard, although I'm not 100% sure this is accurate, that we can actually have a personal life and hobbies and a social life. Hee, hee, hee. Okay, yeah, anyway. I thought it would get a few more laughs. But yeah, we try. We try for that. Um, there's even something that I knew existed because I'm guilty of sometimes doing it, and I've also had it done to me. And I just thought it was really interesting that sociologists have coined a term for this. It's called mother judgment. And this is basically when mothers try to regulate and police one another. You know, and they look and say, oh, that child should have a hat on, it's cold, or, you know, all this. And we kind of look and go, mm -hmm, mm -hmm, you know. But we judge each other. And on top of all of that, a mother's expected to feel happy and fulfilled at all times thanks to the mere fact that she is a... A what? Okay, I think I heard you. Yeah, a mother, a mother, right? So here's something else that I thought was interesting. There's a term called the myth of motherhood. And this is when society's notion that a woman achieves her utmost fulfillment as a woman by being a mother, and as such should always be happy and always be strong. Now, obviously, this places unrealistic expectations on mothers to be fully functional and happy people. In other words, to be a super mom. And they have to be all that despite perhaps feeling exhaustion, lack of support, isolation, and the list goes on and on and on and on. There was a survey that was done several years ago in 2007 by the Pew Research Center. And it had to do with parenting. And in particular, it had a couple of interesting things to say about motherhood. Um, general consensus in the survey was that it's harder to be a parent today than it was in the 1970s and the 1980s. And of those polled in the survey, 70% said it was more difficult to be a mother today than 20 to 30 years ago. Today's parents, especially mothers, are not measuring up to the standard that parents set a generation ago. And 56% of the mothers, uh, sorry, 56% of people polled said that mothers are doing a worse job today than 20 or 30 years ago. I feel good. Do you, ladies? By the way, I just, I found this when I was researching and I thought, yes, please. Stressed is dessert spelled backwards. You ever notice that? No? 
It's called stress eating. And if you've never done it, you're in church, so don't lie. Okay. I asked my husband, I have secret stashes of stuff all over the house. Ice cream, chips, chips especially. If you want to make me happy, get me a nice bag of chips. But (laughs) that's my treat. And I'm telling you, I will pull stuff out when the stress hits. And like late at night when my daughter's asleep, I pull it out and I'm just, you know, going at it. And my husband's like, where'd you get that? I didn't know we had it. I'm like, I know. And you're not getting any either. (laughs) He knows. You know. He's like, yeah, that's true. (laughs) Anyway little humor to lighten the mood here, but really, despite our best efforts and intentions as mom, what we do in our roles as mother, according to these statistics and all these realities, seems to feel and look like it's never enough. So how do we stand up under all that pressure? And more importantly, how does God feel about this? And what does he say to help us succeed in overcoming all of this? Well, if you are anything like me and you are just absolutely tired of being a super mom, or gentlemen, you know a lady who maybe, you know, despite her best intentions, doesn't realize that she is trying to be a super mom and it's to her detriment, then let's try and think about three things right now that can help us take off that cape, that superhero cape, so to speak, and really just embrace God's help in the midst of everyday life. So three things. First off, we really have to own up to our weaknesses. It's not easy. Um, How many people have heard of the expression, God won't give you more than you can handle? You've heard of that, yeah? How many people would say that is a direct quote from the Bible? I'm sorry to burst your bubble, but it is not. Uh, It's actually a very unbiblical statement, even though a lot of Christians, we tend to like to throw that one around. Um, Shane Pruitt is a teaching pastor in, uh, in a church in Texas in the States, and he had this to say about this expression. The point of living in a fallen world is not for us to try really hard to carry our burden, but rather realize that we can't do it alone and surrender to God instead. In other words, own up to the weakness. That's really what faith is. Everything is more than I can handle and more than you can handle, but it's not more than Jesus can handle, right? Matthew chapter 11, verse 28 It says, Jesus said, come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Now, a lot of us, I've just heard a lot of yes and amens, and it's true. And we we probably heard this verse time and time again. But let us not forget two very key things in this verse. First off, God gives us support structures in our lives, you know, whether it's our our husbands or our families or our our church family or colleagues at work and community and the list goes on. But ultimately, Christ has to be that anchor where we get that support because humans, our lives can go out in the blink of of an eye. One One day people are there, the next day they're not. And so ultimately, even though we take advantage of and we're grateful for that support base around us, Christ has to be the anchor. That's why he says, come to me, first and foremost. Um, If you're a high-capacity person like myself, type A personality, uh, you always want to do, 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 go, 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 and you you get almost like a high off of getting stuff done, and checklists are like super cool to me. That's how lame I am sometimes. (laughs) You know, just like, check, 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 I got it all done. And I I tend to forget in the midst of all of my doing the all-sufficiency of Christ. And when I forget to rely on him to carry the load, I run myself right into the ground 
and I'm no use to anyone or anything. And ladies, that's not what we want to do, right? To our family and our loved ones. We want to be there for them to support them. So we have to take care of ourselves too. Um, All we need and all we are is in Christ alone. So we can't afford to forget that. Not just say, oh yes, it's true, but really internalize that. Another thing that Jesus was alluding to in Matthew eleven twenty eight is in the portion where it says, all you who are weary and carry heavy burdens. Now, what was he referring to when he said weary and heavy burdens? Well, for sure he's talking about the fact that when we're living in our sins and our, in our disobedience and all of our mess-ups, that weighs on us and our consciences and there are repercussions physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually. And he's saying, come to me and I'm going to give you rest from that. But something else that he was pointing out is that, especially at, in his time culturally and, and historically, there was a group known as the Pharisees. And they were an ultra-legalistic, super-strict group that were the religious teachers and leaders of the time. And they would put these heavy, burdensome regulations on people that far exceeded anything probably God wanted them to live up to, but they were just so legalistic that they were pushing this on the people. And if a Jew failed in one area, well, they were viewed probably as being a flawed or a bad Jew. They just couldn't live under all that pressure. And so Jesus was telling them, I can give you freedom from that burden. There's grace under Christ, not law, right? It's grace that we live under. Now, in today's context, why do I mention this? Because society and other well-meaning mothers, and sometimes even ourselves, we can put these unrealistic expectations upon us as mothers. And we tend to feel like we're not measuring up, like we can't live under the weight of those stereotypes. There is no one-size-fits-all mold when it comes to being a woman or a mother. Yet society would make us think so, and in, in turn, leave us feel defeated and frustrated. So today and every day, ladies, I want you to know, and gentlemen too, encourage the ladies in your life that Christ wants to give you rest and freedom from such strains, but most importantly, he is calling you to be the unique mother and woman that he has made you to be for the time you're in and in the exact place you're in with the giftings that you have, the personality that you have. And if that's any different than anything else you see around you, there's nothing wrong with that. So 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 9 and 10, in particular verse 9, um, it says, this is Jesus speaking, he says, my power works best in weakness. And then it continues in the verse with Paul saying, so now I, Paul, am glad to boast about my weaknesses so that the power of Christ can work through me. Isn't that word boast interesting in this context? Because it seems to me the logical thing would be you wouldn't want to like be loud and proud about the things that you're failing at and that you're not good at, right? We tend to be quiet about those things and feel ashamed. But Paul is saying, I boast. I'm not maybe so much brag, but I'm not ashamed to tell people where I'm weak. Because when I do that, guess what happens? Christ. The focus becomes on Christ and his ability and he shines through and he's the only one deserving of getting that credit. So be honest, ladies, with your weaknesses. Don't rob God of the credit. Be honest about your weakness and let him shine through. Don't secretly battle. Share the weakness with God and then share them with people around you and get support. 2 Corinthians chapter 1 this time, verses 9 and 10. um, It says, Paul is speaking and he says, We stopped relying on ourselves and learned to rely only on God. Interesting, it says we learned to rely, right? 
because it's hard and it's a daily process of realizing and remembering and taking steps toward putting the control in his hands, putting all our circumstances in his hands and having him be our strength. Hebrews chapter 13 verse 21 says that God will equip you for doing his will. So if he's called you to be a mom, however that looks, whatever context it's in, he's going to give you what you need to make it done, uh, to get it done, even though you feel like you're weak, that's okay, he's providing everything you need. And then finally, for, for this point, Psalm chapter 103, verse 14, it says, the Lord is like a father to his children, tender and compassionate to those who fear him. And I really like this part. For he knows how weak we are. He remembers we are only dust. Can you say that word with me? Dust. Okay, yeah. It's not to diminish who we are or or our value in God's eyes, but it's to remind us of our frailty, right? God realizes how frail we are. And so I ask you today, do you remember, ladies? Because sometimes we think we're tougher and we need to be tougher than we are, but we have to own up to that weakness. So the second, first thing is own up to the weakness. Second thing, ladies, let us embrace our limitations. Okay, another expression that we tend to think is biblical, but really isn't, is that God helps those who help themselves. Well, I hate to burst your bubble there, but it is not from the Bible. And again, Shane Pruitt, hear what he has to say about this. God gave us gifts and talents that we're supposed to use, but self-reliance and self-righteousness actually get in the way of the work of God. Uh, In a devotional I read recently entitled Strength Beyond Self, it had this to say, as long as we attempt to muddle through using our own abilities, we will prevent God's spirit from unleashing divine help. So I, I hope you can see in those quotes how important it is to just embrace where we are limited, where we can no longer push ourselves to go. Because if we insist on going beyond those limits, we're just getting in the way of what God wants to do. The expression, don't bite off more than you can chew. You've heard that? Perhaps you've used it before? Does anybody do that often? You bite off more than you can chew? Right, I'm I'm guilty of that very often. There was a film in 2011 that came out starring Sarah Jessica Parker. Uh, And it's called, I Don't Know How She Does It. And the premise of the movie is basically about a full-time working married mother of two who tries to do it all and have it all, the marriage, the jet-setting career, the kids, the hobbies, the social life, uh, and on and on and on. Now, interesting thing is, the reason why it's called I Don't Know How She Does It is because it's really insane how much she's trying to do at once. And it seems like she's doing it all. But really, at what expense? You know, today, women in our society, we think that we can and we should do it all. And let me just preface this by saying I'm not making any judgment about anyone, about any choices you make. Okay, we are all unique individuals, and so the calling on our life, the makeup of our personality, of our family structure, our marriages, all that Uh, dictates really in terms of what we're able to handle and what we should and shouldn't be doing really. So I'm not here to make judgment on any of that. However, I would like to challenge you and I challenge myself in this on a daily basis. Consider what you're sacrificing in order to have it all and do it all. 
Is there anything important suffering for you in order to do so? Because bottom line, nothing's worth the cost of sacrificing or, or jeopardizing your relationship with God, your marriage, your children, your health. So, you know, be true to what God is calling you to and what he's asking of you, but don't push yourself beyond what you should be doing. Jeremiah chapter 32, verse 26. It says, I am the Lord, the God of all the peoples of the world. Is anything too hard for me? I think we would all agree the resounding answer there is no, right? Because he's God. He is unlimited. But I love this verse because it reminds me that while he is unlimited, I am limited. And therefore, I really, really have to be mindful of that and rely on him. Um, Two verses that kind of go hand in hand here. Jeremiah chapter 33 verse 3 says, Ask me and I will tell you remarkable secrets you do not know. And then James 5, uh, 1, chapter 1, excuse me, verse 5. It says, If any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God, who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. Now, why do I bring up these two scriptures? Oftentimes, ladies, People in our lives, our children, our spouses, or anyone else, they look to us to know what to do, right? To have the answer. And oftentimes, you know, we, we may not want to admit it, but we don't always have the answer, right? And sometimes we, I don't advocate this, but sometimes we've got to fake it till we make it, right, ladies? We got, we got to pretend we know the answer, or we're like, oh, I'll get to that, or oh, I know what to do. And then you're, you know, you run to the Google and be like, oh, what's the answer to that? <laughs> but God's word is telling us that it's okay if we're limited in, in the scope of what we know to do or how to handle certain challenges in our mothering or in our everyday lives because he's willing to endow us with that wisdom and that know-how. And for me, that's a big load off my shoulders. Um, Ephesians chapter 3, verse 16, it says, From his glorious unlimited resources, he can empower you with inner strength through his spirit. So again, God is unlimited. So ladies, we own up to our weaknesses, we embrace our limitations, and then thirdly, we're going to wrap up with this point, we resist comparisons, oh, I thought the point was up there, we resist comparisons, right? Um, you've heard the expression, the grass is greener on the other side? I would argue, no, it is not, thank you. The grass is greener where you water it, Okay. In other words, don't keep your eyes everywhere else, right? Look at what you got and water it. Make the most of it, appreciate it, and just enjoy it and be glad for it. Um, we tend to compare a lot of things as women or as moms, right? Our homes, uh, the way we decorate them, the way we keep them, the size of them, etc. Uh, our children, how well they do in school, how they dress, the kind of friends they have, if they got awards at school. Uh, our marriages, um, you know, my husband gets me flowers and my husband does this and that. And the other lady's like, oh, my husband doesn't do that. And, you know, in careers, if we have them, we compare with all these things. Even compare silly things like like birth, children's birthday parties, right? Like you know, so and so down the block did this. Well, you know, I guess I got to do this too. And what for? It's ridiculous. You know, we can feel inadequate, guilty, and so conflicted because we're comparing ourselves. And again, that's something I think men you face that too in your own way in your own realm. You face that. I hate to burst your bubble, but there's always going to be someone who does it better, who wears it better, who's, <laughs> whose kids behave better, perhaps. It's just a fact of life, right? But we got to keep our eyes on our side of the, the lawn and realize that if we 
are grateful for what we have and you know, keep our eyes there, it's going to look a lot better eventually than whatever we see elsewhere. You know, we do our best as mothers, but sometimes things don't turn out the way we want. And I know that perhaps there's some individuals here this morning that, you know, over the course of time, you've done your very best to raise your children to know the Lord and to, to you know, encourage them to, to have a relationship in a personal way with the Lord. But for whatever reason, your children have chosen, at least for the time being, to do something else, you know, to, to, to not stick with what you've taught them. And I'm not going to stand here and presume to know at all what that feels like. I do not want to condescend or, or, or pretend. But my heart does go out to you because I can only imagine the, the hurt and the heartbreak and the heartache that you have and maybe even some, you know, unmerited guilt because you think, if only I'd done this or why are so-and-so's kids like this and mine turned out like that. But I want to encourage those of you who maybe that's the path that you're walking right now. God is so far from done with your situation. It's, it's not even, it's crazy. You know what I mean? Like he is so far from, be, from being done with what he wants to do in your life and your children's lives. And I just encourage you to not compare or feel like you got the short end of the stick because God is going to blow your mind and he's going to blow every expectation you ever had for your children and for your circumstance. And it could be just around the corner. So hang in there, please, ladies. Let's not let comparisons influence us or overshadow God's desire from us and ultimately what he calls us to be. 1 Samuel chapter 16, verse 7, it says, The Lord doesn't see things the way that you see them. People judge by outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the, the heart. So if you know you're doing everything you can, but it's still in comparison, doesn't measure up to you know, everybody else around you, it doesn't matter. He knows if you're doing your best, and that's ultimately all that matters. And I love this verse, Galatians chapter 1, verse 10. Paul is speaking, and he says, Obviously, I'm not trying to win the approval of people, but of God. If pleasing people were my goal, well, guess what? I wouldn't be a servant of Christ. So don't worry. Do not compare. Keep your eyes where God has placed you, and he's going to do amazing things. I have no doubt. I have no doubt. So ladies, daily, let's, let's, let's strive to do these three things, to own up to our weakness, to embrace our limitations, and to resist those comparisons. And I encourage you gentlemen, too, to think about that in your own respective context. Because as we take off those capes, so to speak, as we lay those burdens and crazy expectations and pressures and lay them aside and put on God's peace and his confidence and his joy and everything else that's found in relying in him, we're going to see our families and our lives transformed in ways that we could have never done with our two hands. If I could call up uh, the piano player just to, to play softly in the background, we're going to conclude in, in a minute or so. I just wanted to leave you with, um, with this thought. There's a, a woman named Becky Stanley Broderson, and she's the daughter of Charles Stanley, who is the, uh, the founding uh, individual for In Touch Ministries in the States, in Atlanta. His son, um, Andy Stanley, perhaps you've heard of him. Um, anyway, Becky wrote an editorial not long ago for a, women's, uh, for a magazine based on mothers and her, the relationship with her mother and her journey in motherhood. And if we could, um, oh, he's getting prepared, just play. Um, you know, at the end of the day, she says, 
It's comforting to acknowledge and really no use in denying that there's no such thing as a perfect mom. There's only a perfect God who extends perfect love and grace to each of us. I put a lot of pressure on myself to be everything my children needed when they were young. And still, I fell short. But that no longer makes me panic because I am absolutely convinced that God uses our best efforts and hear this one, ladies, even our worst mistakes to draw our children and those that we mother and look after and care for to himself. You know, how we approach the stresses and trials and pressures of motherhood is going to determine the climate of our home and, and the, climate of that, uh, the climate that's around us and the legacy that we leave when we're gone. We can decide to leave a legacy and a climate of faith and hope by trusting in God and owning up to our weaknesses and, and, and admitting our limitations and resisting comparison. Or we can leave an environment that leaves those around us feeling disillusioned or frustrated or a legacy of loss because we're always trying to mend things and hold them together with these two frail hands. That's why relying on God is so crucial. Whether you are a mom or not, a man or a woman, relying on God. So when people look at you, let them not see a super mom and have them think, I don't know how she does it. Instead, let them see a woman of God and they look and they say, I know how she's doing it. It's Christ in her. So I'll leave you with this challenge and I'm going to start off with, with the men in the room. Gentlemen, I want to thank you because you've been very patient and I've only seen a few people bob off and fall asleep, so that's awesome. I figure that's a win. That's a win in my book. No, I'm kidding. Um, but I want to challenge you men today because I know, yes, it is Mother's Day, but our lives are so intimately and intricately connected to anybody who bears the mantle of motherhood that it'd be really foolish of us to sit here this morning and think this had nothing to do with us. Man, I encourage you to support and encourage in practical, meaningful ways the women and the moms in your lives. Pray for them. Help them. Treat them with esteem. Treat them in general. Take them out. Make them feel special. They need that. Have a dialogue with them about the issues that we discussed today. Because some of them may be, even though they're well-meaning, they don't realize how bound they are by these expectations and pressures. And maybe they just need you to get the ball rolling and to see the floodgates open and have freedom and healing and strength come to them through that. And also, I challenge you men to share what you've learned this morning with other men. Whether they're Christian or not, it doesn't matter. Share this with them. They need to hear this. Now, women, ladies, my lovely ladies, I want to speak first and foremost to those who perhaps in this room this morning or those listening to this recording online eventually. If you don't know Christ today and you're not relying on him, I'd encourage you to ask him to forgive you of all your self-reliance and all the other mess-ups in your life today and to invite him into your heart. And if you've decided to do that, let somebody know. You know, let me know. I'm, I'm here till, we, till the doors close, so I'd be thrilled to talk to you or one of our prayer partners or elders. Come and talk to us. Let us know. And for the rest of you ladies who are serving the Lord, and for some of you it's probably been longer than I've been alive, um, the best gift you can receive this Mother's Day is 
a fresh filling of God's spirit. When he fills and leads your life, your ability to mother will excel far beyond what you can accomplish on your own. And when you make those mistakes, which let's face it, could happen in in the blink of an eye and they will, God is going to take them and make them for good. So this Mother's Day, ladies, let's lay down that cape, that super mom cape. Let's take on God's power. Let's clothe ourselves in his presence and his strength. Let's dialogue with other moms, not just here, but at work or in our communities, our apartment buildings. And let's connect. And as well, if you didn't receive this book when you walked in, this is a phenomenal book. And a lot of the scriptures that I mentioned this morning are, are you know, touched on in some way in this little book. And this is our gift to you this Mother's Day. So please, if you have not already received it, make sure you ask the ushers for one. I'd just love to be able to pray for you and then we'll be dismissed. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Jesus. God, I thank you. Lord, you are amazing. That you can take a flawed, frail human being and do such tremendous things in and through them because they trust you, Lord. Because they look to you for everything. God, thank you. Father, I pray for, first and foremost, for the men in this room this morning, and I thank you for every last one of them because I suspect they feel like they get the, 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 you know, like a rotten deal sometimes because in society today we can paint a bad picture of what men are like, but there are some tremendously anointed and godly men in this room this morning or who are listening to this message eventually, and I thank you for every life here, God, and I pray you would encourage and compel them afresh and anew, Lord, to support and strengthen the women and the mothers that they know or who are in their lives, oh God. Use them, Lord, to be a source of tremendous blessing, God, and help to these women. And may you challenge these men, Lord, to go above and beyond what they even felt they knew that they could do to be an encouragement to these ladies and to see lives transformed around them. And Father, I pray for all the mothers in this room and for every woman who who maybe used to be a mom or, or is hoping or waiting to be a mom or his right now, whatever that looks like, Lord God, we honor and bless them this morning, Father. And I pray your Holy Spirit would rise up anew in them, Lord God, that they would dig in and not just on the surface acknowledge that they trust you, God, but be convicted to dig in deeper in a new and fresher way, Lord, please. And may we connect in a new and fresh way as women, God, to support one another in this blessed journey. Although it's messy and it's not easy and it's not always fun and we don't always like it at times, it is a blessed journey of motherhood and we thank you for it, Lord. So we pray that today would be the most amazing Mother's Day that these women have had yet. And may you guide their every step, Lord, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, God bless everybody. Thank you so much for showing up today. Again, don't forget your books, ladies. You're dismissed. Have a great morning. God bless you.